0: Ladies and gentlemen, I just cracked myself up. <laughs> I was so sick, you know. I was just having a conversation with Josh a few minutes ago. Talks about one of these days, I'm going to start doing the intros. Not today, mind you, but um, it's coming up. I'm I'm thinking about a mutiny. So he doesn't probably know I'm doing this right now. Okay, I'm lying. He's standing here looking at me on the screen. But we got a great guest today, but I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to turn you over to Josh and let him handle this because, you know, we're learning to work this thing together because we are such an awesome team. I know this because many of our podcast guests have told us this recently. So I'm going to step into my power, as they keep saying, and just take a little bit of an edge. But for the moment, here's Joshy.
1: You know, there have been two people in my life who've gotten away with calling me Joshy e. Kilvin.
0: <laughs> you didn't happen to marry the other one, did you?
1: Nope. Oh, um, well. One of them is is my aunt. And um, to be fair, her nieces and nephews are the only ones who um, get to call her Lenny. Um, <laughs> I see. And... Uh, <clears throat> The other person was my downstairs neighbor uh, when I was – actually, remember that party you came to three hours early?
0: <laughs> when I was in that apartment, yes, my downstairs, I remember downstairs neighbor that used one. to call yeah. me um, <laughs> Well, I do like being punctual. We need to do a podcast on that party. Just <laughs> I do remember that. Was, uh, uh, was, I'll tell them the story uh, one day.
1: Well – that I'll tell party, you what. The party got a little out of hand after you left, too. So uh, huh? That party got a little out of hand after you left.
2: So oh, good. Maybe time, it's good
1: a good time. thing that maybe it's a good thing you got three extra hours in early instead
0: of later. Oh, All right. Well, that's good. <laughs> anyway.
1: Welcome to the JKWD podcast, <laughs> where um we're gonna whip you into shape here today.
0: <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Good one. You like that? All right. Uh huh. Um, I was waiting to see how long it's going to take it to get it. We have former dominatrix Dana Farron on the podcast, and we had her on because she wrote us a note that said, "You have a podcast called Real Domination. You need to have a dominatrix on." I'm like, "All right, so yes, we do. You're right." Uh, but you know, we 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 talk a more about we talk about a lot more than that.
0: We we did talk about that though.
1: Yeah, we did. We did. and
0: I just had to know.
1: <laughs> before before I, I don't know, leave my tongue on the desk, because I don't know what this barely talking thing I'm doing right now is. <laughs> <laughs> We're brought to you today by Audible. Get your free book, your free audio book, your free month at Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash jkwd. That's audibletrial.com slash jkwd. Or text JKWD to 500-500 that's JKWD to 500-500 to get your free audiobook your free month at Audible I'm going to put the music here Podcast where we talk about better humanity and teach you how to dominate your world. Are you ready? Here we go. All right. So everybody who's listening has the same Google we do. We could just read your bio, but why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why?
2: Thanks, Josh. So my name is Dana Ferrant. And I am a master healer life strategist, former dominatrix. And what I've done is I've been taking the skills and the lessons that I've learned to, you know, what it took for me to step into that role, and applying that for particularly women in business. So It's not necessarily the stretch that most people would make thinking, oh, a dominatrix would be the perfect person to teach you about business. But you think about things like having confidence. Well, who better to have confidence than a dominatrix? And so she's got good skills and training to give you and being able to negotiate, being able to stand in your power, being able to ask for what you want, command good fees. These are all skills that are so transferable and so needed because a lot of people in business, And like I say, particularly women don't tend to stand in their power. They don't tend to, you know, really stand in their expertise and show up fully. So it's a a great skill set that I really want to bring to the world. That's the synopsis.
0: Well, that, all right that was that was good i you know i'm probably gonna get in trouble early
2: <laughs> go for it i
0: i am the, i am the prince of putting one's foot in the mouth and you know <laughs> on a podcast it comes out working really really cool and then people have to back up and listen because they spit coffee out their nose or something <laughs> and, but <laughs> but i i will admit when we first got your uh when we first got your you're right up. It was like really, really intriguing. So now, <clears throat> and, it, and it still is, I love the part about women standing in their power and the way you've put this together. So I, I think I'd like to know a little bit more about the dominatrix role. I actually had a conversation recently that taught me a couple of things. Um, that I had concepts on that weren't, weren't like submissives, for instance, there was a whole other thing about submissives, which they're like, Oh, no, that's not really what it's about. That stuff you see on TV, that's kind of garbage <laughs> and what the yeah. real life situation for this thing is. So, so we can fully understand your whole conversation about standing in your power and stuff. Tell us a little bit more about the dominatrix role in the, in the real world. Not the one I had in my head before you showed up.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: And then and, we can go into how that's transferring into the business sense that you're talking about.
2: For sure. For sure. And, and that's, you know, it's Hollywood never portrays any um, stereotype accurately, right? If you talk to lawyers, they will be quite upset about how Hollywood portrays lawyers, real estate agents. Every profession gets upset about how Hollywood portrays it. And it's the same thing in, in the world of the BDSM kink, you know, the dominatrix world. It's, they sensationalize and it's really easy to sensationalize because on the outside what it looks like is it looks like this person has the dominatrix has all the control she gets to decide what's going to happen how it's going to happen boss somebody around you know just stand there with a whip and make the person clean their floors that's what it looks like on the outside the reality is is that the dominatrix is actually a high level service position And so when you have somebody come in who's looking for the services, there's a negotiation piece that happens. So you sit down with this person and you say, okay, well, what is it that you're looking for? What kinds of things do you want to experience? What have you experienced before? What are things that are like an absolute no? And it's a very in-depth conversation and it's done without, you know, any of the pretenses. So you're you're meeting just like you and I would be talking just casual. Um, what's, what's, where are you at? And that's really required because the scenario of giving up your power or, you know, pretending to give up your power you really need to understand the other person you need to understand where they're at and so I you know I would always ask people what their triggers were you know what words are going to set you off emotionally or what words are going to be you know putting you more into that state because for some people calling them a slut is a good thing it's very exciting and for other people that just sets them off and then it takes them out of state and you you lose the scene so you need to know all of that information ahead of time. And so it's very in-depth, very discussed, and everything is negotiated. And and that's important, I think, for people to understand is that these scenes that are set up where it's a power dynamic, it's pretend. We're like actors. And we go into this. Now, we don't just pretend to be doing it. We actually you get into the energy and we really live it in that moment. But there's an awareness at that level that this is a game. This is a dance. And the idea, at least from my perspective, the idea was always to create a transformation. So I would take people through the journey of letting go of their power, surrendering into that energy, surrendering into my control um, so that they can let go of the things that they thought they couldn't do and so they go further than they thought they could so let's say let's say somebody's coming in and we're going to you know use a flogger which is um, a lighter whip it's you know got several threads to it so if we're doing that and we're ramping up the pain it helps people to kind of drop into that endorphin state And in, in ramping up the pain and ramping up the pain, you actually push through the limits of where you thought you could go. And the whole scene is set up so that you, you actually drop into um, a very high level consciousness. It becomes a a spiritual experience because the pain combined with the energy allows you to actually let go into a state that most people will not go, like even if deep deep, deep years and years of meditation, they still won't get to that high level transformation. But with the pain, you can actually take them there very quickly. And then when they drop into that surrender, it's a state of ultimate bliss. And in that state of ultimate bliss, that's where we can actually create that transformation and letting people know how powerful they actually are. So it's, it's kind of, um, combination of, you know, uh, mind control yeah. <laughs> you know, hypnosis and, you know, high-level trance, meditation, all of that combined, but using the whips as the tool. So, Wow.
0: I, I, you almost made me want to sign up for that program. So <laughs> we're going to hold up right now. No here. problem. I'll um, send
1: you a... <laughs> uh, Josh, you got anything in there? Well, I was going to say, it sounds like you're literally whipping them into a flow state. Yeah. Uh, because the state that you're describing, that that one of bliss, that one of... Um, kind of euphoria, you know, feels like, uh, that sounds exactly like, you know, where I hit two hours into a run, you know, I've been pounding on my knees and the, you know, my, my, my pack has, uh, you know, I've got rashes on my neck and whatever, but, but that's when I really start to feel like, wow, I'm, I could be anywhere right now. Uh, You know, I'm just flying. Um, How did you deal with uh, first timers who weren't, really sure what to expect and and didn't know that that's where they wanted to get
2: um quite honestly i never really i wouldn't take on first timers that's not where my skill set is i mm-hmm. I worked with people who already had had some experience and wanted to go much further because there there are people who will play with first timers, and it's kind of like just getting them into the experience this is what a flogger feels like, this is what a whip feels like, and they don't necessarily drop them into the the energy component of it um so i I can't speak to that unfortunately
1: okay. Now you, when oh, I'm go sorry. ahead, Kevin. No, no,
0: go ahead. Cause
1: you don't well, mean. I was gonna transition out of out of this realm, so if you wanna yeah, get more questions okay. Yeah. <laughs> so And and actually now, I just
0: now, want now.
2: to say one yeah. piece. So Josh, the, the piece that you talked about, about the runner's high, um, that I would say is actually a little bit closer to what me as a dominatrix would experience, what I call the topping high, okay, um, because there's a physical exertion that goes on. Like it's, It is physically intense to to beat people, which is part of why I transitioned out of this. I'm kind of a, a lazy dominatrix. And <laughs> so there's a physical uh, exertion that goes on and you get into a zone. So that runner's high would be closer to the top high as opposed okay. to the submissive. The submissive drops in I would say that's closer to a deep transcendental meditation. You know somebody that's been doing TM for like 10 years might be able to get into that real level of like complete um surrender to everything that is like the only thing that exists is this moment. No time, no space, nothing outside of the 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 area
0: the the ultimate in presence you might say
2: the ultimate in presence it really is excellent yeah
0: so so take that for me now from uh, the executive who uh, just experienced that and now that business side of him you're doing that for business people he's going back to business how do you transfer that skill set to help them uh, understand how to do better in their business life and and or rest of the personal life because that's I mean I did listen you you do a lot of stuff you're an energy healer you're you're uh, I'm not sure you're I don't know if I heard psychic but you do a lot and I'm really really curious to hear how all that meshes together to do the stuff that you that you teach and that you help transform people
2: thanks and you know the underlying theme of it for me is always about getting people to step into their power and for me, power is not power over, it's power with and presence, deep presence with with what is. So what I'm looking to get people connected to is the fact that, you know, they're really, ultimately, they are in control of everything in their life. Um, they're the ones that are the master of their own destiny. I like to call it that you're an infinite being. And, you know, really being able to tap into the fact that, you have that ability to create anything in your life. So that's kind of the, the high level of it. And where I bring in the skills and the learnings from the dominatrix is twofold. One, getting them connected to the energy of surrender as best I can so that they can experience that uh, dropping into presence. Because we all need to be really present to what we're doing and how we're doing it, because that's, of course, where our moments of inspiration comes in. That's where we have that creativity of like, oh, if I just do this and and you follow it and then your business takes off. So that's that's one slice of it. The other slice is looking at it from the dominatrix side and who she is and using that as an archetype. So the archetype is is this woman who is able to stand and hold a space and it's, you know, in business it would be holding a space for your clients, holding a space of expertise so that your clients can rely on what you're doing and lean on you and know that they can trust you. Um, there's also the, the piece of being confident and, you know, really speaking authentically, even if you don't know 100% what you're doing, because none of us are 100% sure, but our clients want to know that you are willing to stand in that, you're willing to hold that space, they, they are looking for us to, to be that expert. Um, and then the other big piece, I would say is this space of no judgment. So as a dominatrix, it wasn't my place to ever judge anybody else's kink. There was just the choice of whether that worked for me or didn't work for me in the fact of like, whether I was willing to engage in that type of play or not. So in the negotiation, it was just a yes or no, but it's not my place to judge them. And it's not my place to judge my clients. And for business people, we can't be judging our clients. We have to have that space of no judgment for them and allowing ourselves to be able to utilize other people's judgments of us. So everything that we do, we stand on stage, we get judged, we put stuff out in social media, we get judged, we show up, we get judged for what we're wearing, how we look, how we don't look, it meets your expectation, doesn't meet your expectations. but you know, a lot of people talk about how to be okay with being judged, Mm -hmm. but what if we took it a step further and we said, what if that judgment could now be fuel for where you're going? And that's the really high level piece. So good one. Yeah. So how (laughs) do you,
1: how do you arrive at that place of not, um, of not judging your your clients and i mean you've had probably more practice uh than most of our listeners but it's still a very important piece and you had to at one point have been a have have come to interactions with some judgment and at some point you managed to shed that
2: Absolutely. And and where I am today is very different from where I used Mm -hmm. to be. Like I used to be the most judgmental person ever. Um, And and so, yeah, it's a process. And and that is definitely some tools that I teach. So if you you want, I'll be happy to share some tools with the listeners. Sure. Absolutely. Cool. So there's some really cool pieces. So the idea here is that what we want to do is we want to get to the space where um, things are not neither good nor bad. They're not right and they're not wrong. That's high-level consciousness. And so what we want to do is we want to be able to remove the energetic charge that we have about specific things. Mm-hmm. and then it's a matter of just being able to be with it without needing to you know put it in a box of right or wrong and and that is what makes things a lot easier we can just be with it it's just it just is so one of the simple simple tools that i have i have several ways to to clear things but the simplest way is to use um, kind of a modification of the EFT, which is the meridian clearing. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we use your index finger and your thumb of one hand, and you just kind of make a C with your hand and then where you're going to place it is just up on the hairline or where your hairline would be in Josh's case <laughs> if he had
0: hair yeah yeah if he yeah.
2: had hair right it would be where the hairline would be okay <laughs> so that's that's the placement marker so what we do with this tool is we mm-hmm. say a statement and then you place your fingers up on the hairline you take a deep breath with the intention of clearing the energy system Okay. And that helps to clear the charge out of your system. Now you may need to do a couple of rounds where you say the statement, put your fingers up on there, take a nice deep breath. You could even do a, like a big sigh, just, right, get it out of the system. And you want to get it to the place where you can say the statement and there's a neutrality to the statement. So if you say something like um, I'm okay with having money, And you just notice that if there's like a little bit of a disruption in the system, most people, it's surprising. You know, it sounds like, oh, I should be okay with having money. But not everybody actually is okay with having money. And that's what creates a disruption. So if you say the statement, I'm okay with having money, put your fingers up on your forehead, take a deep breath. A little sigh. And then you say the statement again, I'm okay with having money. And then notice if there's still a little bit more, put your fingers back up on your head, take another deep breath and clear it. Now, the other part of this secret is that you want to clear the opposite as well. So we want to say, I'm okay with not having money. And this is where most people resist me. And I'm like, just do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Go trick yeah. yeah, that's
2: right. That's right. It's working by out Just do it. Just do it. Okay. <laughs> Because if we don't clear both sides of our of our polarity on something, if we don't clear both sides, then you're left with part of it in there and it creates the disruption again. So if we and, and we're not trying to put something in, we're not trying to make it so that we're okay with not having money. We're trying to clear any disruption, any emotional piece on either the positive or the negative, if you want to call it those. And in doing that, what you find is that you will come to a place of neutrality about having money, and then it's just a choice. And that's ultimately about the the whole thing about getting out of judgment is we want to get to a space where it's just a choice, whether you do it or don't do it. It's a choice whether you, you know, go out and jaywalk or don't go out and jaywalk. Like, yes, it's illegal, but it can be just a choice. It doesn't have to just, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to create a disruption in your system. Go ahead.
0: So I I I have a I spend a lot of time trying to be neutral, mm-hmm. um, which I have found in cases is very close to not caring, which is there's no energy with it one way or the other. So, for instance, um, uh, oh, oh crap, what was I going to say? Anyway, I um, oh man, I lost it. Yeah,
2: anyway, I think I, a lot of people. I like a
0: motivation, basically, right? Yeah. So I, well, I used to, um, I'd always want to do something, and I used to be humility, humble. I want to be humble. I didn't want to be an egotistical person because there was some issues in my, you know, past life. Oh goodness, that might be something I need coaching around. <laughs> Where <laughs> ego's good is in trouble, you know. I, I needing to be the best, needing to be better than everybody else, needing to be so. I have a lot in my life, it's whatever it is, it is. And I take that as, okay, don't add a value to it. It's just a situation and you can deal with it. But what i found is sometimes that that neutrality in that way ends up being a, a power limiting thing. One doesn't put the actual energy into doing something. It's just kind of like,
2: eh, eh,
0: it's all right. How do you combat that?
2: so there's there's two things going on with this. Mm-hmm. Um, one, we often mistaken neutrality, like a like, you know f- having neutral for lack of motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're inspired to take action, it often feels very different from the frantic pace that most people put themselves in in order to do something. Mm-hmm. so that that's that's one thing is being able to differentiate the feel difference so when you're inspired to do something it's not necessarily this whoa let me go do it you know charge out there
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's more of a just a quiet little yes i really want to do that the other thing is that when you're trying to go to neutral when you're forcing neutral you often end up suppressing emotions mm-hmm. so you're shoving down the supposed you know negative emotions because i that i you know i don't need this so you shove it down and in order to shove something down you end up in a flat line so that that's what creates that um, lack of desire to move forward Mm -hmm. is you're putting all this energy into suppressing what's going on so if we do this work where you know how whatever tool you get there to clear the system as opposed to trying to force something, there's a difference. The neutrality comes automatically when you clear both sides of the polarity. Hmm. You don't have to force it. It's very easy. Okay. Yeah. And it would be something you need, like you'd need to actually try it because mm-hmm. most people don't believe me at the beginning. Um, I think that's probably my biggest resistance I have from people is like the tools are so simple that i work with that it's almost too easy it's like no life's supposed to be harder than that right
0: yeah eft always weirded me out it was (laughs) it's like really you can tap here and do that hmm
2: what if what if it's that easy
0: but yeah and that's that's the other thing that's the question i've learned to ask recently what if it really is that easy
2: right What if? What if we've been making it hard all this time? Mm. And it's really that simple. It's a matter of letting go of the resistance. And then we naturally step forward, follow the flow, instead of forcing ourselves. Like so many people are forcing themselves to do this. I've got to get in the game. I got to get up my hustle. You know, they're like, trying to push themselves to do everything. Mm. But when you start releasing your um, polarity, and resistance to either side, then it becomes a choice to do it or not do it. And it's, it becomes a place of inspired action, which feels so juicy to come from that place. It's easy. It's effortless. Effortless. We've been effortless. We've been taught to be skeptical of, of easy. Right. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna let you
0: have that one too. Yeah,
2: yeah. You might want to clear that. All right, all right. All right.
0: Josh, I'm gonna shut up. Your turn. Um. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say there seems to be a difference then between no judgment, between clearing the polarities and neutrality, right? Neutral is I. I actively am aiming at neither of these things, where when you're clearing your polarity, what you're doing is you're feeling equally okay with both these things. Um, and now I'm going to actively pick the one that I want to go toward, understanding that there's nothing negative over here, the other one. I don't have any feeling either way about that other thing, but I prefer the the thing that I'm going toward. And now I can just go toward it right, without worrying about the other thing because yeah. it's gone.
2: Yeah, it, it's not even gone because like there a lot of people talk about that with, with energy tools that were, can I even say it? I say clearing and that's mm-hmm. kind of inaccurate. I, I think a more accurate statement um, is more like we are allowing ourselves to have the full spectrum, the full bandwidth, because we always have this whole spectrum of um, the, the extreme good, the extreme bad. And if we try to resist or ignore any part of it, then we're out of balance. But when we when we take off our resistance to either side and we say, okay, well where where would I like to play? What's fun? And if, you know, maybe tomorrow playing in the totally negative side would be fun. I don't know. But if if we have choice to be anywhere in that spectrum, mm-hmm. The, the whole spectrum is all there. All we're clearing is the resistance to being anywhere in that spectrum.
0: People that aren't accustomed to number one, we know they're not accustomed to feeling that, but they're not accustomed to being around that. Uh, one of my favorite books is illusions. Um, and one of the quotes in illusions is, let's see how close I can get to it. Is that unconditional love looks very much like not caring? It does, uh, because you're going to love them either way. So you don't care which way they go. Which doesn't mean you don't care. It just means it, it doesn't matter. It's just there. That's a very difficult state. Okay, here's my coaching. That's a belief to get to. All <laughs> right, you know that is a t- a. T- um, most of us need to work on that either way. And I occasionally think I'm there and then something to happen and I find out eh, I, I'm, I'm close, but I'm not quite, I'm yeah. not quite there. Um, yeah. uh, and, and people are also accustomed to, um, if somebody doesn't care, like there's a lot of things in life I have no choice about one way or the other. Then it's like, oh, you don't know how to make a decision. You don't want really no. It's just it doesn't matter. If you want to do it, that's really fine. I'll go along with that. But I have no preference either way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fine. Um, and people don't understand that. Women, especially, I have found, were like, and you are so. Weird. I had a woman tell me one time, "No wonder you've been married three times. You don't know how to make a decision." <laughs> I love <laughs> nice her a lot. <laughs> I know how to make a decision. Yeah. But when I make a decision about stuff that I need to make a decision about, that's my decision. The other stuff don't matter. Yeah. And and, and I don't know. Some people need to be ruled. Oh, see, that's, that's back to your billy week.
2: Back to my, yeah. So, so,
0: you know, talk about that, that piece of it, the, uh, the people who don't actually understand that,
2: it's challenging. Ability. I think. I think a lot of people think. Kind of like
0: floating on the water, right? It's kind of like a, it
2: is kind of like floating on the water. Um, and I think it comes down to that people are afraid to lose, and 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 that was the, actually that's the third piece I forgot to mention was that like the dominatrix archetype is that this willingness to lose everything, um, so that nothing controls you. Mm. If you're willing to lose everyone and everything around you, nothing gets to control you. It's just like, you know, somebody comes up and says, you know, give me your wallet or I'm going to shoot you. You're like, oh, here are my wallet. Like, I don't care. Right. Like, I'll just get another wallet. And in that willingness to just let it go, then the person trying to control you with the loss of your wallet no longer has something to control you over. And what I think is that for most people, they're very attached to everything in this reality being real and thinking that they could possibly lose anything, mm-hmm. they've forgotten who they are. And the fact that even if you die, you don't, like your body dies, but you don't die. So there's nothing anybody can take away from you. And when you get to that, when you really you know, get that, if you're willing to get that, mm-hmm. there's freedom, there's absolute freedom. It's uh, you know Maya Angelou saying that you belong nowhere and everywhere.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: when you're willing to lose everything you belong nowhere and everywhere it's so incredible but it is challenging for people because i'm asking them to give up everything that they've already known and everything that they've decided that they got right that's a really big piece
0: yeah and i spend a lot of time trying to be right you know about not (laughs) being right
2: (laughs) (laughs) so that's a whole other thing that's a whole other thing that's (laughs) a whole
0: other thing yeah oh yeah Oh, cool. Love yeah. that. Love that. <laughs>
2: oh.
0: All right. So, so
1: Josh, did you have a question? I did. Um, okay. A few minutes ago you said the phrase energy clearing mm-hmm. and this is something you have videos on. Um, you have energy clearing videos on your website. I
2: do.
1: Um, can you it, just for the, I don't know anything about energy clearing. I uh, can, can you explain <laughs>
2: So, um, okay, so let's go to a computer. Okay. And um, have you ever had somebody dial in remotely and remove the viruses in your computer? And then your computer runs better? Sure. Okay. It's kind of like that. So when we have um, a disruption in our system, um, that's energy, our, our energetic body. So we feel, we, you know, our energy of how... Up we are, how low we are. That's all energy. And when we have thoughts that um, that are, you know, we'll use the word negative. I hate the word negative, but negative thoughts like, "Oh, I'm, I'm useless. I can't do this." Then our energy drops. And we start to feel crappy. In doing the the energy clearing, what the idea is to, is to remove that belief that I'm useless. Or at least loosen it off, and then your energy level can come back up again. You start to feel better, lighter, and it's easier to take action. So as long as you're feeling like a worthless piece of crab, you're really not going to go anywhere in your business because you'd be like, "Oh, I don't think I should put that proposal out because oh, nobody'll like it and they won't." Let it, you know, so you're not likely to actually go anywhere. So in clearing it, then you can start taking action again. Does that? Yeah. Is there more?
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Cool.
2: (laughs) I know. Energy can you know, we don't have a lot of great words for it, and yet it's so integral with who we are and how we live. But
0: so so now that I have taken you off of any possible (laughs) path you had planned (laughs) to go on in this conversation.
2: I had no plans. I came here completely oh, yeah. open. That's a good way to
0: come to our podcast. You just never know what's going to come out of my face. Josh
2: warned me. It's, and it's, just,
0: it's, oh, see, he is so good about that. <laughs> <laughs> he is so good about that. All right. So now, all that having been said, tell us what you do. Because I read, I read your site and you talked about the modalities that you use mm-hmm. uh, and everything. And Watch a couple of other videos you do, so we know you kind of clear. You know, you, we know you do all this and you you transform energy. But you know, tell us tell us about your process. Mm.
2: Okay, so basically, there's uh, three parts when I'm working with people. So the first part is to get them out of judgment. So I teach people about different ways of clearing the energy. I'll give them several different tools. Find a way that really resonates with them. And, and so we work through getting rid of the, the stubborn beliefs or, you know, things that are just kind of have gotten locked in that they're, bu- they're buying into that aren't true. So we clear those off. As you clear that off, it makes a lot more space for people to be able to tap into who they are. This is what I say about who you are as an infinite being. And the more you tap into that, the easier it is to start to get to know your intuition, your inner knowing and your gut sense has always been right it's never lied to you like if you can find a time in which your gut was wrong let me know because i haven't found anybody yet so your gut sense is 100 percent right all of the time Mm -hmm. so the thing is is to, to start to train that muscle to train yourself to listen to that gut feel ahead of time so now when you're looking at making business decisions, you're looking at life partner decisions, you're looking at even just simple things of like what to wear, what to eat, you can start to tune into that gut sense and follow it and have your results exponentialized. Right? So if you're avoiding pitfalls because your intuition is saying don't go there and you're starting to follow the niggles of where should I be going should in the, in the fact of what expands my business you can see that you like your business is gonna to start to you know rocket forward a lot faster. So that's the training there. And then the third component of a third layer is that high level consciousness where you get to the space of having no judgment for you or anyone else and you're willing to lose everyone and everything. And like I said, that doesn't come until we've you know done these other layers and you start to, you know, develop the muscle of stepping into your power and trusting who you are really leaning into that, then you can be willing to lose everything.
0: I had that once, but it was a wrong energy. That thing, because my, one of my statements was, <clears throat> and you can speak to this is I am prepared is, is the word I use. Probably wasn't the right word at any time to be able to lose Anyone I know, anything I know, so that the thought of someone dying, for instance, doesn't necessarily affect me because my, my, my consciousness is, well, when you die, I mean, you're not really dead. You, you, you rise above, and now you're, you're a spirit being, you're a non-physical entity, and if we have the connection, we'll be able to communicate there, so. I don't like the idea of painful death because that just seems unnecessary, right? Mm-hmm. But as far as losing someone, like I lost my father, I lost my mother. Um, I eventually cried, but, it, it, you know, my mother is always with me. I got a picture downstairs. She's smiling mm-hmm. at me every time I come up and down the stairs. So, you know, we have conversations from time to time. However, um, what I found for me, I think, was that, and and you can speak to this, that position wasn't so much acceptance as it was a tremendous shield to keep me from being hurt. And there's a big difference in those two, those two points where I'm just kind of not letting myself feel because I don't want to feel pain when somebody goes versus the true in-depth knowledge that when they leave, um, they really aren't gone and we still, we'll still have that piece of them. So. um,
2: And, and I would call bullshit on this because when you describe how you have, how you feel um, that you're willing to lose these people, Mm -hmm. the energy of that resonates. It's like, there's a congruence there. Mm -hmm. And so when you start talking about that, you're not, that there's a shield that to me feels like you're picking up that, behavior and belief from somebody else and it doesn't matter who but the majority of the world has the belief that it's not okay to lose people death is very wrong in this reality it's yeah. like it's so stupid because you don't get out alive
0: yeah exactly exactly it's right? like, like i've 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 often had the conversation <laughs> about with christians right <laughs> which, <laughs> like, which which is like oh Oh, but wait a minute. They just died. They're going to heaven, which is where everybody wants to go, but w- why are you mad at them because they left? You know.
2: Great. Right. <laughs> they they got a fast track, you know, like it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I, I so think that's a little that's
0: not consistent to me. So No. I've had
2: some so, so that's where I would see in in reading your energy, that's what I feel. Um and and this is this is something that trips up a lot of people is that We pick up thoughts and feelings from other people, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we mistaken that it's ours because we're feeling it in our body. But just because you feel it in your body doesn't mean it's yours. Energy's everywhere, and then you know we can also go to the whole spiritual side of that. We're all one, so it is all yours. But you know, how (laughs) does one? um,
0: And you can continue what you're saying, but follow up with a question. So, how does one learn? to know the difference.
2: Yeah. And that's about, so this is that journey that I say, you know, we take, take you on. So that second part Mm. about getting you connected with your intuition allows you to be able to differentiate because when you are tuned to your intuition, you get that feel. So first thing I do with people is I tune them into their compass and I can do this with you guys. Um, So what you want to do is you want to get a feel for when, um, when something is true for you versus something that's false for you. Okay. So it's not right or wrong. It's just true for you. And Josh's truth might be different from my truth. Doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. It's just what my compass tells me. Okay. So that I'm always tuning in for what works for me. All right. So what I want you to do is I want you to just kind of drop into your body let yourself, you know, cause I know you guys got lots of things going on in your head. You run this podcast.
0: <laughs> I, was like, I was trying to say you have no idea, but I forgot who you
2: know. <laughs> I know I can feel it. I can hear it. <laughs> so if you want to just place your hand on your heart, just to help yourself connect to your body, mm-hmm. right? And you take a deep breath and you just let yourself drop into your body. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to just put out two statements that are kind of like questions. And all I want you to do is I want you to just notice, the reaction that your body has, okay? So it's not about answering it in your head. It's just noticing your body so that we get that compass, all right? So the first statement is, are you an infinite being? And you just notice how that feels, how that lands. And then we compare that to, are you a finite pile of crap? Okay, and other than it making you laugh, you just notice the feeling in your body. Now, there should be two distinct sensations in the body and that gives you your compass and it's different for everybody right so some people they feel like a tingling in the head some people it's a you know an opening in through the chest i had one person who it was a tingling in the shoulder for true a tingling in the elbow for false like it doesn't matter what it is just that you have the two sensations
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay so did you both get two sensations
1: what kind of yeah like? um yeah. On the infinite being question, I, you know, I feel, you know, just a, just a slight flicker, you know, kind of in my heart center um, for the finite pile of crap statement. uh, My neck tends to.
2: Cool. There's your positive and negative. Okay. True and false. Calvin. Well. Not so much.
0: My head's buzzing at the moment, but I can't quite (laughs) figure out when it actually started. Um, (laughs) Okay. um i i i i believe i i don't know i didn't I didn't notice the um actual i'm gonna have to try i'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do that again and 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 ask myself and try to go through that and so we'll see how, yeah
2: so happens. so yeah you might have too much going on in your head right now love you. to notice um so you can play with it and you can also play with mm-hmm. any statements that you know to be true and false, so you can say you know my name is and use your real name. And then and then used you know and then my name is mm. and use a name that's you know opposite sex and completely different so that you can <coughs> compare the difference.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now once you've got where are we
0: feeling this? Where are we? Oh, you're, anywhere we in
2: your body, right? It's different it for everybody. That's why I want you to tune in and just notice. Right. It could be anything, okay? Okay. I know. We're leaving it wide open. There's right. no way to get it right.
1: <laughs> but you got to be able to drop out of your head to get. Yeah,
2: yeah, you gotta to
0: feel it first. And I know right. that I spent a lot of time in my head. You, you I can you tell. Probably <laughs> never never knew that, did you?
2: No, uh, no, I can't feel that. So <laughs> but oh, wow. okay. so so here's the thing it's like once you have that compass and we know it's like just like a physical compass, once you know which direction points north, now you can gauge other questions. So we can start asking questions in order to get an awareness and you're looking for that sensation. Does this work for me? Is this not right? Is this true for me? You can start to play around with it. And just to tell the listeners, that if you want to start this muscle development, what I suggest you do is ask really non-critical questions to begin with. So should I take this route route to work or should I take this route to work? And you look for which one has more of that true sensation for you and follow it. And it doesn't matter. You know, you may take the route that feels light and you end up in construction. You don't know what was on the other route. So assume that there was a massive accident that you would have been in. Okay. So you're, you're just developing that muscle. Should I wear this shirt or this shirt? You just like ask questions that do not matter and, but follow it whatever that niggle is and you'll start to develop that connection with your intuition a little stronger
1: well and this is robert frost's poem right is it you know it doesn't matter that he took the path less traveled by it's just the choice he made yeah he could have taken the other one and gotten somewhere and he didn't he'll never know
2: right you don't know and, that, and that's part of stepping out of judgment of it. It's just, it's just a choice. That's and work, you know. <clears throat> it's work? That's work,
0: yeah. <laughs> well,
2: it's work if you're attached to your brain. So if you're attached to your mind running things, hmm. then, yeah, it's work. Because your, your brain – but the thing is that your brain is you're, unfortunately you're <laughs> limited right? Your brain is very finite, very controlled, and your brain's very attached to only giving you answers of what you already know. So when you want to go beyond that, you might need to want to tap into the cosmos, some more infinite wisdom, instead of this lovely, tiny little computer in your head. (laughs)
0: You know what really (laughs) sucks is I know that. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we teach what we most need to know
0: you're in my goodie box now you're in my my richard bach and illusions that's my that's my book and uh oh my gosh yes okay yeah yeah that's awesome all right, I'm going to shut up. Josh, it's got to be your turn. <laughs> well,
1: I was just going to say, you
0: got Kelvin thinking.
1: We just got to get him feeling.
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll drop the sensation down a few feet. We've
0: we've had, uh, we've, we've, <laughs> we've had that conversation. Before. Um, wow. Okay. I feel like I diverted you again from where you were headed before I started That's asking okay. questions. It's what
2: all it's, good. But it's I've, what, what
0: we do, you know, so... So it's, uh, it's
2: going to pull out exactly what the listeners are needing. I trust that. So when you're
0: See, so you did it to me again. When you're um you were talking about we're back in the business and you talked about on the your video you talked about all the modalities that you use to Um, to work with people when you said, you know, you know, you, you don't just use one channel. You don't just use coaching. You don't just use Reiki. You don't just use. So give us, give us a clue of of a high level view of the modalities that you are capable of, of bringing into play Mm when working with someone.
2: Thank you. So I, I've done quite a bit of uh, study in and around the body. I started out as a massage therapist and have studied, you know, the body and physiology, nutrition, all of those topics for quite a bit. And so if I'm working with somebody, sometimes I get a sense that what's going on, the spin that they might be in, um, Like I had one client in particular, she called me, she was all in a panic. She's like, ah, I just can't seem to get out of this spin." And I'm, I'm talking with her and I'm like, this doesn't feel like something we need to clear. I said, You know, so we did some muscle testing with her and it turns out she was low on B vitamins. I, you know, I got her to go to her cupboard, take some B vitamins from, you know, from her stash and immediately, like within 10 minutes, her her stress level started going down. So it's not all energy. It's never all one tool. That can be one of the things. So it could be something physical that's, that's causing a disruption in the system. And, and I, you know, have extensive training there. The the psychological, emotional side, I've done quite a bit of um, psychotherapy training. And so sometimes I'll, I'll pull that in. So maybe we need to, you know, do some hypnosis to change the underlying programming, the belief systems, or just, you know, to hold the space and let the person cry. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe they just need to release and just emote for a little bit to have that safe space. So I have that skill to be able to do that if that's what's required. The energy work, obviously, I've been, that's what I've been talking about primarily because I find that that's fast. It's very fast and effective. Um, and then the business skills. I have been self-employed for 26 years. I've run a, a million-dollar business. I've had staff. Um, I have fair bit of business background. So when it comes to straight up business strategy, then I will pull that in as well. If that's what's going on and you just need a little tweak in the system, then I'll pull that in. So for me it's it's those four layers. And I look at it like a car. Mm -hmm. And you know the car has four wheels. If you're only turning one wheel, you go round in circles. And that's what I find most people do. They work with one coach that does one slice. And so we get the emotions like, oh, I'm really good emotionally, right? But then you're spinning because you're not actually taking strategic action in your business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the energy system is a little bit wonky or the the physical. Maybe you need to get your physical stuff strengthened up. But when you have all four wheels going in the same direction at the same speed, the car flies.
1: Yep. <laughs> so you said the energy work is the fastest in your experience. What's fast?
2: Uh, what's fast? So when people are ready, I've had people. Um, so let's take sexual trauma. So somebody who's been um, raped. I have had people who've come in and within two hours got into the space where they are grateful for what happened. They can see the gifts. And they're willing to move forward in their life free of that baggage in a two-hour period.
1: That's some pretty heavy baggage to
2: it is to
1: drop off. I mean, right. you're, you're not talking about you know watching a cat get run over. No, which could be heavy baggage for somebody. But
2: it, it's we it's all imprint same, it differently. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not about the incident; it's about how did we imprint it, and you know, and that's that's one example. I have other people who have you know hung on to it for years and years and aren't willing to let it go. It doesn't doesn't When's matter. But you going
1: to be ready to come to it if you're ready. We yeah. can
2: actually you know release that and get you to the space where you're feeling grateful for what happened mm-hmm. um which seems it's mind blowing to think that you would be grateful for being raped it's but well, it's possible
0: i've heard I've heard a lot of different scenarios where something traumatic like that actually gave the person the skills the compassion the insight to be able to help you know hundreds of thousands of other people who have had it so from Maybe they really didn't like the um, the trauma of it, but the gift they ended up with being able to help other people in the world was, uh, I know some people who were severely handicapped. I met a young lady once who, um, well, I met her several times, <laughs> but anyway, she had cerebral palsy, and at the time, I didn't really know what that consisted of because we had been corresponding by email. And she was a, she was a master's prepared individual research assistant. And she was writing me images and I invited her to breakfast one time and she said, well, you know, I need somebody to, you know, to feed me who can come with me. And that didn't even click. So she wrote me back a couple of days later and said, okay, well, my sister's going to come with me so we can go, we can have breakfast and have a conversation. And until I saw her, being wheeled in the door, it it hadn't occurred to me what I was dealing with because I was, I was communicating with the person inside that, that shell who has had full awareness and stuff. And the realization that she just didn't have the ability to get that message, that communication out the way we're used to it. It was like mind boggling. And it, it, I had to wrestle with that for a long time because it was like, wow, that was so, that was so impacted on me. And as mm-hmm. it turns out, she had a tremendous sense of humor and she would spend a lot of time laughing at people who, who didn't think she could understand what they were saying. <laughs> so and, and cool like that, but that, that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm sure she does. She's not really crazy about having that condition, but what I found for me in that was, When you have somebody like that, there are some tremendous minds inside the body that's just not functioning right. I met another guy who was an engineer for um, uh, uh, one of the aircraft companies, Mm -hmm. brilliant mind, didn't have the ability because of some imbalance in vitamins or or, uh, amino acids or something, couldn't couldn't get the message out. But when you had the time to sit and just relax and listen into who they were, tremendous individual, brilliant individual uh, with a lot to say. And it was a, it was a humbling moment. I, I, I need to revisit that from time to time for some other other hum, humbling moments because we, get, we forget sometimes.
2: Yeah. And what a gift that you were able to see her before you physically saw her. Mm. And so you got to see who she so, really is. So
0: it was really awesome, So.
2: That's amazing.
0: That's excellent. So, yeah. So there you go. So back I to love you. That so story. What, what do we do from What do we do from there? You've 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 read them. You've touched them. You've you've muscle tested them. Um, you've read their energy. You've neutralized them. What's next?
2: <laughs> so yeah. That so doesn't then. Sound right. You neutralize. Like, them. <laughs> neutralize you know, them. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> <clears throat> um yeah so it's that it's like i said it's that uh, process of you know getting them out of the judgment getting them really you know connected to their intuition um and those two pieces have them stepping back into their power and from there it is the inner dominatrix energy that piece of knowing who you are being willing to show up fully and being willing to have everyone judge you not have an issue with it like to be using it
0: that's awesome. And you teach that. I do. You help, you help, I do. you help people find that in themselves.
2: Yes. It's it's an absolute joy. I Actually, even this morning, I had um, a new client that I started working with. And she's been through all kinds of different modalities, worked with all kinds of different gurus. And, you know, she's been on this little cycle of giving her power away in that you know this person knows more than me just on that dance and so to to be able to pull her in really quickly into who she is and get her standing in her knowing was so it's like it's like i'm like just jumping up and down in the in the call on the inside i'm like whoa. Because that's it. Like, I get supercharged when I see somebody like have it land and be able to like pull that in and feel their power again and feel that knowing of like, you know what? Yeah, it's me. It's me that does this, not anybody else outside of me. It's me. That is such a.
0: Do do you work more with men or women?
2: Women primarily. Um, It's, yeah, just who I've been targeting at first I, I did not target men because well, when I say the word dominatrix men, their brains just, you know, <laughs> leave. And well, that's I've not learned
0: the real thing. mind back in from time to time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I get all kinds of comments and it always goes into the sex realm. And, and so I, I got tired of, of trying to explain it and mm-hmm. you know, women could get the concept of where I was using that archetype.
0: Yeah. And it's it's awesome. Um, it's good stuff.
2: Yeah, but it's not to say that I'm adverse to working with men. They just have to understand where I'm coming from. To oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Understand that so. I've I've been told I have a very strong sense of the divine. I mean, uh, my, that my divine feminine is very strong. So, after being told that three times from three different people, uh, practitioners, <laughs> I, I, I understood that. I Understand that, and I work more with women than than most usually. So,
2: yeah, we just got to get you in your body. Oh, there is, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with that. <laughs> 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 we're all we're all a work in progress.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well. What's it? What's the toughest thing you've ever had to do in the in the in in this work? Um, your biggest challenge outside of Stupid men. Um, Uh, I would say my my own ego. Your own ego. Explain. My own
2: ego. Um, I'm aware of where my talents are. I'm aware of the skill level that I bring. And uh, I can also move a little too much into I'm better than everyone else. So that's my ugly side. I'm pretty smart. Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know, a good coach might be able to help you with that.
2: <laughs>
1: I'll
0: send you my card later. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay, that was a very that was a very um honest answer. I I I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. I'm gonna shut up just, again, Josh. Go ahead.
1: Okay, well this is usually the part of the conversation where I ask what do you wish people would ask you more? And it seems that you know, about half our recent guests have said, I hate that question. Um, so they said, well, I ask people that, too, and I hate getting it. So I want to stop asking it. So I think I well, might. Stop asking I, I wish it. they
2: would ask me to, you know, coach them. That
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm going to ask you instead is. What do you wish people knew more about?
2: Hmm. I mean, we've we've covered so much in this podcast. It's been good. I think we've really you've given me a, an ability to be able to um, explain what I do and and why it's important to me. So I can't think of anything that we've really missed in here. Um, so good job on the interviewing. Thank you. Tell all your friends. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I will. <laughs> the podcast to be on is (laughs) podcast. there we go (laughs) just don't even waste your time with with those other guys (laughs) yeah Yeah.
2: cool
1: great so uh, where can people find you online where do you like to hang out the most
2: so uh, social media wise I'm primarily Facebook and uh, and then website is DanaFerrant.com or you can put in innerdominatrix.com and then funny little thing my name is i'm the only dana ferrant in the world wow
0: and i haven't seen anything yet where you're like wearing a wonder woman costume so i guess you're trying <laughs> is to is that a request that whole image, right? <laughs> you wear that inside you just don't bring that out to you
2: exactly world. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's invisible <laughs> there you go there you go awesome yeah it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, thank, thank, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for indulging all my, all my, all my <laughs> weird questions. But,
0: uh, <laughs> my pleasure. All right. All right. Thanks. Have a great rest of your
1: day. You too.
2: All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Show notes and more at jkwdpodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to